Welcome back to the Dime Comic Bros Podcast. I don't want to open with that. <laughs> For once, I'm telling you no. Why buy a comic that might cost more than a dime? Come meet the brothers who are here to waste your time. Uh, so you guys went a little ballistic last week, and I found it quite funny. I listened to the entire raw recording, and it was very funny. And you only had to cut out like seven minutes worth of stuff, too. Yeah. I felt like that was pretty mild. Was that ballistic? Uh, uh, we were edgier. It was less... Because I remember like our old ones where we were was, like, we're it, not doing anything except for yeah. BuzzFeed quiz. <clears throat> Let's go. It was less chaotic <laughs> and yeah, it more was edgy. More, yeah, it was oh, just okay. you guys were... You guys made a lot of very racy <laughs> jokes. And they were mostly funny for once. Congrats, you're funny. Thank you. We know this. Yeah. Um, That's why we have the podcast. This is you're true. You're just here for management. Obviously. <laughs> um, so this week we are talking about uh, the third collected edition of Headlopper, which is Headlopper and the Knights of Venora. Uh, the trade was put out in 2019, and the issues came out in 2018 and 2019. It's issues 9 through 12, plus the epilogue. Can I interject really quick? Oh, Yeah. So you started with something funny that you said, I can't use, and then we didn't introduce ourselves in what we do, and... Sometimes like I'm just stupid, anything. okay? <laughs> I think Jacob okay. is the sassy b- I am is talking Jacob. smack, because he doesn't like anything that I do, ever. Spencer is the one trying to run a show here, and Hey, Colin, I have to edit this week, I so. like the pretty colors in the book. And then, yeah, Colin's just here because pretty colors go burr, and dick <laughs> jokes make him laugh, because he's a <laughs> f- <laughs> I don't think you can say that anymore. Yeah, I can. There's no racial connotation on that. Jason. I'm white. Wait, ape? I'm white. <gasps> You're the white ape. The great white ape. Did you ever end up talking about War for the Planet of the Apes? War? Uh, let's see. I don't think you did. That's the third one. No, I haven't yet. You're an idiot. Anyways. Uh, I'll talk about it soon. I'm sure you will. So this trade really stepped it up a notch. I know that you had <clears throat> said this before, that this is kind of where it gets like really good, but you were correct. Of course uh, I'm correct! Shut up. <laughs> shut up, you opinionated bitch. Fuck um, you, I know my books. I appreciate the fact that it's actually heading towards a trajectory, <laughs> not just that it explains more things from the backstory, which is always nice, but that it, it has more of a framing device, and we're mm. getting a trajectory for the next few books. So what he's talking about is it explains why Headlopel is carrying the witch's head. He said just call him Nordle. Calm down, Jacob. He doesn't <laughs> like being called Headlopper. <laughs> I said headlopple. Headlopple. It's a running joke, okay? You're a running joke. I know. But you don't oh run, gosh, so you are only a joke. your asses. Me Sir. first. Me first. Sir. I call dibs. Oh, gosh. <laughs> um, so, just general, like, storyline for this book is a lot stronger. It actually has, you know, a, a, a more direct, you know, act setup. Um, mm-hmm. and proper payoff. And the epilogue actually, you know, sets up the next book, which the previous book did as well, but, like... This book starts off in a very different place than the last book ended, which I appreciated. It, it goes to the, the depths of being an old, grouchy, drunken man and stuff, which is fun. I would like to qualify. that I need to read it again. <clears throat> but I found the inclusion of a political and religious system uh, both good and bad. It, it's good in that it adds storytelling and uh, it adds depth to... Um, the city that he's visiting and what's going on inside of it and sort of the villain but i found it very confusing i just saw people dressed up 
and being all, we, I see, I we like are that. the bad guys now. I like that. So it's like, it fits kind of with the tone and it's the same, it's not the same system as it was in the first book because I was in a different location, but it gives off similar vibes. So near the end of the book though, they are they do a, separated. They're, they're called the cleric of the snake <coughs> and the knight's templar of the freaking egg or whatever. And I was like, whoa, <laughs> that would have been so helpful keeping them organized in my brain as to who's who and what their motives that are. That is so. fair. The one thing that does get a little annoying with the really cool names is sometimes they tend to blend together just because everything is new. All of the names are funny and some of them are derivative of other names like right. from the story. So it's a little... It was. Just I forget. I just remember who have... they are and what they're doing. Right. Not necessarily. <laughs> I wanted a face to have a motive behind I, it. I think what would help this book a lot more with people and names is if he had like his own little index in the Ooh, back of the book that'd be hot it could be like just he faces did, he drawn doing the map it could have like faces drawn that pissed me off that's one thing i didn't like is that he ditched the map yeah um but yeah having like a, a little, little index in the backs would be nice. like oh. just little faces but it could be like the simplistic versions yeah. of the yeah, faces yeah, cool. and then like this is his name head lopple he's got a giant cock and blah 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 you know like that <laughs> Appendices make me hot. <clears throat> yeah. True. And it would be funnier because then it would just be all of Agatha on the page. <laughs> I'm funny. Um, I really liked getting the backstory to what the hell happened with, you know, why he's carrying around a stupid fucking head. Mm-hmm. Um, but we you didn't get all of it. No, we got why he has it, but we don't get why <laughs> it's that important. Kinda. We're getting there. And I, I really appreciate that. It's still elaborating on more backstory, and it's linking up with other characters, some introduced in this book, some introduced in previous books, and, and showing more how they're connected to each other without um, overdoing it and just like, here's the whole plan. I also think that the art got stepped up a notch in terms of action, because one thing that with the other books I liked, that sometimes he decided to number the panels or number the positions within a panel that has like multiple movements in it, which I like. I don't like the fact that he felt the need to do that because it wasn't clear enough. I like that this book, in terms of action, is a lot clearer. I think he should have done it like three times and then that that should have been it because it carries the same format through the whole book. So if he explained it to you a couple of times, then you should know from then on to follow the that's, same that's panels. That's fair. I think it's fine that way. I like it that way because it just... Um, I agree. <clears throat> it's just <laughs> nice. Not because I'm stupid. I mean, I am. Yeah, you are. But... I like it that way because it's like, aw, oh, just like the other books. Oh my gosh. Yes. Um, also, but the color palette. I think, yeah, you should shut up no! and let me talk. You f- just are hogging the mic. Today. You're literally the one who's still flipping through the book. I yeah, because love... I was about to talk about the f***ing art. The art, guys. We're going to talk about the art. I love wow. how any of us can say the art and immediately get the stink eye from Colin. Like, <laughs> that's my topic. It's I literally topic. my thing. That's why I'm on the I'm side. the weatherman. <laughs> it's my weather. Yeah, we're not Sorry, allowed. big booba. Out of the way, real weather coming in. Yeah, we're not allowed to have opinions on art. No, not until I... Address it first, and then you can say if so, we're right or wrong. Whoever's, whoever's, whoever is uh, doing this recording, fixing this recording later, you have to cut out everything Spencer said out of spite, even if it is Spencer that's doing it. You have to do it out of spite, and then add this in. Uh-huh. Like that's ever gonna happen. So he really stepped it up with the art this time. <laughs> <laughs> I hate you. But no, yeah, the art is... It's actually... I feel like it's finally... Uh, solidified and it's like actually like he knows what he wants now 
He finally knows what he wants for the art. Because the first book is wildly different it is. from the second and the third. But the second is like definitely the transition book, which is why those two books, as much as I loved reading them, I... After getting to the third and fourth book, I'm like, I love these ones way more. His art is an adult now. The first yeah. book with Lil Baby, mm -hmm. it was weird and it was inconsistent. And then it went through its adolescence mm -hmm. and it got darker and more inky. And yep. ooh. But also, like, now it's he got more rounder. He, he More does. rounder. Yeah, so usually there's... This is why Colin is not a writer. He is an artist. <laughs> Shut the f*** up. <laughs> it got rounder. I'm not... It's not... It's not <clears throat> straights playing off of curves. It's not straight to curves like like Spencer here. It's not straight to curves like how Disney does it or how BTAS does it. Like that's the rule is straight to curves. That's how you get this art style. This one is it's curves for days, baby. And the straight lines are usually the shadows, which is this book entirely inspired what my art style is right now. I know there's like Mike Mignola, of course, and then there's um, Sean Murphy, uh, but I don't take much inspiration from Sean as much as I do Andrew Mac Andrew Macklin because of how he shades and then the amount of um, black shading he does. It's not too much where it's like engulfs the entire page, but he still plays off of negative space, which is a good thing to do and Anyways, I like playing off of your negative space. I like playing with your negative space. I would like to say I definitely noticed in this book that the word bubbles are very generous, very liberal. They leave a lot of space around all the mm. words and quite often he'll have the top quarter of a panel as just a square white block I with like that. even one word in it. It's I okay. It, it leaves the same amount of white space around the word so that it looks even mm -hmm. across all the bubbles, but it seems like a sneaky way of hiding a lot of beautiful artwork, and I don't like that. See, I well, think because he was the one who did both, I don't think it's really a problem. I like this a lot in the way that it's handled because it doesn't feel congested. It doesn't feel like everything's mushed together. Like, you look at these panels, and then you look the at the words. The second book did definitely, it definitely felt Yeah, congested. it felt mushed. It was a lot of smushy. And this feels like very, there's, there's, there is breathing room. There is space for characters. You can feel that they can move around. There's more pacing. It's not more pacing. The pacing is more generous. Even yeah, though there's less issues too. in it than the previous book, and it is shorter, it's paced a lot better. Gay. <laughs> Lesbians. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's just this book is just so fucking good. And also just the cover of this book. I really, and I love oh I love that he does this on the back of every book. He has like all the characters lined up together and they're all proportionate and like this is what they all look to scale to to yeah. each other. And it's like oh so, it's so a, good. I believe there's a double page spread of that in the back as well. Yes, and he's done that for all. Of them. <coughs> oh so yeah, very much so. so like I have two good. things. And then there's that little cup in the back. They're they're gonna set one of the two of you off oh, each. Boy. So I'll go with Spencer first because it's been a while for him. Oh. They go to a town where they worship this egg. And Headlopper, Norgle, uh, Norgle uh, eventually goes to the egg and says a magic word 
and it starts to break and it ends up that the inside of the egg is dead and they've been worshipping a dead egg for no reason. And I'm sure Spencer has talking points about the fallacy of religious tomfoolery worshipping dead stuff and things. I mean, and I wasn't they, even going to go there, but I get political pro- and wow. Oh, wow. Political leaders interwoven with, with theocracies. Yeah, what? Yeah. This book couldn't be political if it tried. I mean, I don't even think about that at this point. When it comes to stuff like this where it's done very, very loosely and not really analogous, analogously, it's like, I don't, like, I like it, but I'm not going to go off on, like, well, in theory, it could be you, 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 you. like I'm, I'm much this more. This is here an from... analogy on how the Roman Catholic yeah, or, like... or no, wait, the the Orange Catholic Bible. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like it's it it focuses a lot more on the like the non-specifics of those sorts of organizations, and more so of like, ooh, look, this secret society, and then these religious leaders are in a cult, and they're gonna do a coup more so than like the actual implications, which I am fine with. If this it fits more in this world. Okay. Well, that was not exciting. Well, why the freak is it called an orange Bible in Dune? Um, now I'm just thinking orange about Catholic. The, yeah, orange Catholic Bible. Was it? Is it simply just because, like, it's a funny sand? <laughs> I don't know. Probably is. Um, I don't like sand. So the one to set Colin off, the oh boy. colors are very, very, very specific. So the flashback when the the witch orgy uh, happens, <laughs> you have the green-yellow for the explosion magic seance summoning thing until you have blue when Norgle touches the stone. You have um, sepia and, and like a dark blue, I guess, for like daytime, nighttime in the city. And then you also have like a lot of red for the villain that's being hinted at in the next movie, but also that one panel with a flashback from, sorry, not movie, book. <laughs> you also have red in that one panel in the flashback from the last book, which was the Crimson Tower. So, <clears throat> wow, intentional coloring. Mm-hmm. I'm very up on the coloring for this, which was I done by was it Georgie Belair. Georgie Belair, yep. Yeah, the coloring on this is on fucking point. Um, but to be fair, to your point, not not to just totally justify you being a dipshit. Um, these books actually do feel a lot like movies. The first they book do! and part of the second book felt a lot like Hellboy short stories type stuff. Yep. Or even just OG Hellboy before there was a plot, which I'm totally fine with. I love that. But especially this one, and I, I think Crimson Tower to an extent, could work pretty well as like movies. Not I was necessarily already thinking about I think, animating it into like an animated movie. Yeah, <laughs> I, mean, I would love that. It'd be so easy. I don't think it would be obviously as good. I think it works best in the comic medium, but like in right. terms of pacing and structure, it is pretty solidly like a good screenplay. And I think that's pretty mm-hmm. fucking cool. Um I think every colorist should release a palette. Oh my gosh, you said this for the past like month now. Yeah, I think it again. I think this is easily the best out of the three. Yeah, I think Crimson Tower was the most like fun. It had a it had a lot of like energy to it, and it was silly and goofy. And the fun little little people were funny, and they had faces. And Colin's making that face right now. Can, um, can, can I? That's just Colin's face. My turn. Just so that I can make the face worse, I like the first one the best because really? it was the simplest and most easy going. It's just like I don't like having the plot. I like the artwork. It's simple. It's oh, simple oh and fun. Oh no. These two. 
the the Crimson Tower and and this one are are good too. I like having a plot, but it's just I like the simplicity of the first one. Jacob is simple. You heard it here first, yes. folks. Colin is trying not to have an aneurysm. <laughs> what the fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> oh my god! That's what you say to anyone's opinion on anything, though. Well, yeah, because most people are wrong, dude. <laughs> All right. So moving, o- I'm very much so looking forward to reading the next book. Um, Me too. So I'm very excited. So moving forward, week, I've read. Wow! All three of us reached for what we talk about. Colin, I want Rock, you paper, to. Scissors. Rock paper is peeing. I win. <laughs> Colin, um, what have you been doing? I read the first volume of Jessica Jones' Alias, and you read the whole thing. First volume of the. Of the omnibus. Um, um, nope, I've read, I finished the first volume. So how many issues is that? <sighs> I think that's six. Okay. <clears throat> something like that. But cool. Colin is so, reading something dark, spooky, and... Edgy. Yeah, edgy. What a surprise. Wow. So uh, just this story takes place where Jessica Jones is no longer her superhero alias known as Jewel. And she is now a private eye in New York City. And she keeps getting herself into shenanigans in this volume where she is being set up for a murder and somehow involved with Steve Rogers, Captain America. Ooh, Steve. He's not in it much, but the story takes... It's basically just a company is trying to get her to screw over Steve with a tape that she accidentally made. And... um, it ends up being, oh, Jessica Jones. Like someone calls her on the phone. It's like, hey, we know you're near that guy. Get away from that guy that's setting you up. We're going to go kill him. And it's basically just happens like that. Is S.H.I.E.L.D. just like, wow, S.H.I.E.L.D. just doing an extra judicial, there we go, murder. That's very nice. And throughout the comic, there was like this commentary on politics about presidents and stuff like that. And I was reading this, I'm like, Spencer, I mean, I was like, Jacob, why why was Jacob reading this? He hates politics. All I could think in this was, which is to be fair, the politics in my comic books. To be fair, he didn't mention that whatsoever. I know, I know. That's why I was surprised. I'm like, what? I'm so proud of you. But uh, it was just, the first volume was kind of simple. And at first I was not interested, but like. He said simple. I liked, not liked, but like. I wanted to see how Jessica Jones was feeling and like how she was doing during the comic book because I like Jessica Jones as a character. Yeah. I feel bad for her and like she seems like an actual real person yeah. compared to other superhero comics I read. And it and also I like seeing her like uh, narration through journaling and stuff like that. You you like fucking detective stories? I love detective stories. Wow. I love. I totally forgot that I did love. I love those stories. And I just love seeing the human side of her and doing all that. But also, fucking Luke Cage is written like an asshole. Like a complete asshole. I was waiting for it. What the fuck? I, he doesn't, the funny thing is, I look at this guy and it's like, who is this dude? It just, is it just like a random dude? And they're like, she's like, oh, Luke Cage. And I'm like, this dude doesn't even look like he's, he looks like a white dude that's colored black. Ooh. That's what he looks like. Interesting. And it doesn't look like Luke Cage, because I'm used to Luke Cage, like, kind of looking like the same 
dude. And he's got, like, a goatee and everything. That dude, that, like, goatee circle beard thing kind of slaps. It does! And it works for him really well. Yes. And he doesn't have it in this comic. Oh! <gasps> so facial hair, Facial hair sins. And he's just, like, hanging around Jessica Jones just to get ass. And then it, it's, like, it's almost, like... Because she hooks up with him, and she, this is, like, the night that she lets him do whatever he wants. But, like, you just see her face is, like, pained and, and like, doesn't look like she's having fun. And during the whole thing, she's mo monologuing in her head about, like, he's going to feel bad about this later because, you know, he's actually such a nice guy and such a nice guy. And throughout this whole comic, and she talks about, like, whenever he's brought up, he's like, oh, she's so, he's such a nice guy. But, like, whenever I see him, he's just a complete asshole to her. And I know Jacob said that it's explained way better later in the later in the omnibus, uh -huh, uh -huh. but I at this point I kind of don't care if it's explained better because his actions are like assholey. Even if like she does bring problems into his life, he could just like not be around her. If that's really the problem, he can't. It doesn't mean he can be an asshole. Um, but I'm liking this uh, series. Besides Luke Cage being an asshole. That's good. Yeah. So, to defend myself politically, uh, the politics in the first six issues, uh, basically Jessica Jones's point is that every political... <laughs> everything political uh, has an asshole behind it, and they're yeah. all in it for themselves, and it's so pessimistic that I love it. <laughs> it's so cynical. Um, so I can't really send it. I forgot to mention that. That 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 was something that I liked. And I'm like, ah, so it's not like actual politics. It's just, hey, politics suck. Here you go. Exactly. Like, oh, okay, I like that. Yeah. Um, and yeah, the thing about Luke Cage, it's definitely unclear in the beginning here, but they have a really good conversation much later where he's like, you just use me four things like whatever for this thing and that thing and the other thing and then you disappear for a while and just hate your life and i'm just like a, a tool in your life and yeah you came over that night and i was living my own life i had things going on and you just wanted to freaking use me like a crutch again so Fuck. as far as i remember reading in that first volume she wasn't looking for anything except for help on her investigation no in the opening issue when they're doing the do oh that part she's yeah having a bad night it was like yeah just do whatever because i feel miserable so it's like she's not treating him like a person mm -hmm. so he's like looking out for himself sort of and he didn't want to be used like a tool it was like no get out of here i'm doing something like that wasn't the same I'm interaction, just being, No, I get that. <laughs> but that's the justification for him saying no <laughs> when she needed him. It's like, you're kind of using him when you need him. And it's not a relationship. It's just... Well, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think the first interaction... First off, he started off, like, flirting. being... He wasn't even flirting. He that was kind of being creepy. He was just creepy. He was like, creepy. I'll pull it up real quick. He was, but you know, she was hammered. She was hammered. And he shouldn't, he shouldn't have even interacted if she's hammered. Oh, have you been enjoying how fucked comicsology has been? Yeah, I fucking love it. Sure I, I actually it. hate comicsology. I want to get rid of it, but like, I don't know other places. Yeah, that's the thing. Is it's basically just comicsology because Amazon has been fucking real, real bad with it. 
See, now I'm going to read this in the next few weeks because I'm going to have to sweat You're Jacob. both mm-hmm. wrong. You guys usually are both wrong, so shut the fuck up. Fuck you. You're wrong <laughs> all the time. Yes. He didn't have to interact with her that in that moment in the bar. He did not have to do anything. He did not have to interact with her. Pretty sure. That okay, two selfish, complicated human beings who are using each other. Congrats. Yep. I solved your fucking problems for you. Shitty people be shitty. Boom. There you go. I'm pretty sure that's how it happens in the TV show, too. Yes. Yeah, no, definitely. I don't, I don't defend her in the TV show at all. I'll defend her in the comics, though. I read BPRD, Plague of Frogs, Volume <gasps> 2. Sort of written by Mike Mignola, but also John Arcudi and Guy Davis. Art by all kinds of people. Did you read the first one last week? Uh, not last week, uh, probably a month ago. Okay. I haven't even read Plague it was of Frogs yet. The the episode that you weren't there for, and I was like, I oh. read two things that I needed Colin's thoughts on, and he's not here. Okay, that so this is the edition I, have... I need to buy, because I wanted it to match Where'd the get... uh, Hellboy omnibuses. Where'd you get the first two? From Lex Luthor himself. Oh boy. Oh, okay. Because I've been wanting to only buy it in like person. Mm-hmm. So I can't do that. Uh, I don't think Jetpack has had any copies of that. They yeah, have the no. into they have the smaller books. They're pretty rare too. Like they yeah. go out of print often, is what Jetpack said one time. So Ugh. and I've been wanting to, but I haven't really. It, it's not. I want to know more about the Hellboy universe, but like I uh-huh. can't really justify it to myself because I feel like I've already read all Hellboy. But There's literally more non-Hellboy is, content in that universe than there is Hellboy right, content. Right, yeah, it is, is weird. BPRD, not Hellboy. So I know that. It's fun. Yeah. You're not cheating on your Hellboy movie. Or you could start in the middle and do Hellboy and the BPRD. Or you could just read the Ape Sapien run, which is really good. Oh, I have the first oh. trade of that. Oh! Like you haven't read it yet, have you? No. You should, you should read it. I know. I've read all my Batman stuff, though. So I'm going to be going it's on. It's Batman. I know, but like, I haven't read like any of my stuff. Congrats. Okay, Jacob. Yes. So, uh, the first book of this trade is The Dead, and it's um, bringing back the two original frogs from the pages of Hellboy. I'm trying to remember the name of the freaking brothers. It's basically the Alan Poe house of... Come on. Froggy. House of Usher, Frig. Alright, so it's basically that Hellboy story with the House of Usher, but with frogs in the basement, right? And yeah. the two brothers. So it brings those two brothers back, and they're hanging out with their mom. So the BPRD are sent in to investigate, and it turns into this weird... Uh, nightmare that Abe Sapien has with uh, his wife, maybe? I don't know, it's really weird. Uh, also, the BPRD moves to a cool Nazi castle, so that's cool. We love Nazi castles. We love Nazis in our BPRD stuff. We love Nazis. I'm gonna clip you guys out of context so bad. Uh, we love Nazis. We love. Thank Nazi. you for giving me ammunition. We, we love, love Nazi. Nazi assholes. We love. Oh, I'm sure you guys Nazi love asshole. fucking Nazis. Anyways, book two is the War on Frogs, and I kind of had a problem with this because they are just starship troopering. Frogs everywhere. They're just going, BPRD is going to places all around the world and just blasting frogs. It's like war porn. <laughs> it's porn? Alien war porn. Nice. Yeah. Nice cock, bro. So that's cool. 
killing stuff is cool. Oh, there's this weird issue where it's like an X-File where the frogs are healing people magically and making their own religion. What? And speaking of religion, um, the frogs worship something. You don't know what immediately. It turns out to be the brother demon of Ogdru... Uh, Og, Ogduhem? The Destroyer Worm. Yeah! So... Then Sorry, Conqueror Worm. Book three yeah. is the Black Flame, where a human, I couldn't really tell, gets possessed or is just making a show of it, but he's the Black Flame, and he's leading all the frogs. And they bring in the the brother Destroyer Worm, Cockringham, uh, and then the BPRD has to kill the flame and... Cockringham, and he is freaking cool. There's so much, so many double panel, beautiful artwork pieces of the big destroyer worm thing. Nice. Bringing his army of frogs. I mean, look at that. Oh Whoa. my gosh. Wow. Big worm. Uh, Colin, that came out of your mom. A lot of <laughs> things happen in this book, and it feels like a step up as far as um, just overall content, it feels like a step up. The artwork is nice. It's it's a lot more consistent. Uh, the stories feel much more intentional. It's a lot less willy-nilly because the first book was like, hey, what if we did a BPRD spinoff? People send in their BPRD fan arts and we'll make a book out of it. This is much more, no, we're doing a thing. Hmm. Uh, yeah, I like. I'm... Very glad I've I, I made the jump. I didn't listen to Colin Man and didn't read it because it's not there by me! <laughs> I'm becoming yeah. less and less of a purist as Good. time goes on. Good. Um I kind of like the artwork in this too. Oh, oh, oh. Can I can I answer one of your little questions? Or not questions, but you had a statement about Jessica Jones uh, alias <sighs> where with the artwork. What? This doesn't really have to be on the podcast. Wait, what question? Not, uh, you were talking about the artwork where like, you couldn't tell if it was meant to be like ugly or yeah. people. So basically, the artist just sucks. <laughs> <laughs> he just sucks at drawing faces. I and whenever he, he could, he sh- whenever he could, he covered their face in shadow. That's like, what just I said. Completely black. Or hair. Yeah. 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 Um, but there's definitely times where Jessica Jones was like, oh, she's pretty. And so it, it definitely is difficult to tell if it's like maybe he's making her look ugly because it's an ugly situation. And maybe he's making her look pretty because she's, like, innocent talking. Or, like, she's, like, you see the good side of her, so she looks pretty. And, like, all the ugly parts of her, she looks ugly, you know? And that makes sense. But I actually think the artist is just inconsistent. I think he's just an inconsistent artist. Or her. I don't know who it was. I didn't care enough to check. So I think that's what it is. Very nice. So after borrowing the book, did you then buy them on Comixology? No, the t- first two volumes were free. Oh. So it's like, oh, I'm going to be at work and I don't want Typical to bring his Comixology. Book to work. Hey, get the first book free and then pay out the ass. Yup. And I did that with the Batman ones. Don't disrespect Daddy Bezos. He needs a new yacht. Spencer, what did you do this week? <laughs> uh, I did a lot of Moon Knight. Um, so I wanted to get all of this out before we start the show next week because I I also just wanted to read as much as I could beforehand. You know, so I'm not totally walking in like a retard. 
um, and not like have usual. all of the yes, and not have all of the books be tainted by my view of the show. So I wanted to get at least a few runs out of the way. I talked about the Brian Michael Bendis and Alex Malev run uh, about a month ago. Um, We've so, been reading a lot of Brian Michael Bendis lately. Yeah. Um, so I read the 2014 run, which is 17 issues, which was published from 2014 to 2015. It includes three trades, uh, From the Dead, Dead Will Rise, and In the Night. The first collected edition is written by Warren Ellis with pencils by Declan Shalvey. Uh, the second is written by Brian Wood with art by Greg Smallwood. And the third is done by, uh, Cullen Bunn with Ron Atkins and German Peralta. Um, I borrowed all three of these from Colin. Um, these are a must-buy. I'm just going to preface that now. I'm waiting and really hoping that they put all three of these in one book, because even though they are done by different creative teams, they're still part of one run. Um, so this is the first The first and third uh, collected edition are anthologies, and I love that formatting. Um, the second one does take a... a, a there's a little bit of anthology work, but it's mostly a, a, a plot, which pulls in a little bit from the, the first... Um, book, but it's mostly just an actual story set in, you know, the same world in the same time. Um, the costume for the Moon Knight persona in this run is my favorite. It is excessively simple. It has a black undersuit with white armor pieces. It is it's so good. It's extremely light looking. He looks limber. It looks not necessarily like a Nightwing suit, but it looks like I could see Nightwing wearing something like that. So he's He's acrobatic, he's fast, he's vicious, but he still has the Moon Knight, they need to see me coming type vibe. Mm -hmm. um, it also, frankly, just makes for easier panels to draw because it's so simple. It looks like all the artists have it down pat. Um, the Ellis and Bun runs in particular, so the first and third collected edition, are definitely on the same wavelength. Um, I didn't feel like any of these three books were written by different people. They're a little different. The, and, and the creative teams are obviously different, but, like, they don't feel like it. It feels like the anthology stories and the story in the middle are kind of all done in the same attitude with the same, like, philosophical leanings as well as their same attitudes toward the character, and I really, really appreciate that. Um, I liked the story in the middle, but I do prefer the anthology setting because of the place that Mark Spector is in mentally and emotionally in this time. He has stopped working with people entirely. He has an AI running his, his uh, limousine, and an AI that runs his glider thingy. Um, so he has, because of his experiences in the previous runs, just too many people have been hurt by him uh, and by being near him, so he just works by himself. And he is pretty much completely reliant on Kanchu. And I think that these books, having the focused lean more in the spiritual, not necessarily the spiritual aspect, but more in the religious aspect of... Uh, Mark Spector is in a uh, mostly undesired and forced relationship with a god he can't understand. Kanchu is the Egyptian god that gives him power, sort of. Correct. Kind of, sort of, depends on who you ask. Um, I really appreciate the attitude that they have towards it. Right now, it feels like he is just stuck in this endless cycle of not knowing enough about the situation he's in. Kanchu telling him, you are my son and you will do this thing. And then he goes, yeah, you're right. Um, and then he does the thing, and the stories kind of end abruptly because he just, he never knows what he's getting into. And he's always kind of left, he's thrown under the bus by Kanchu a lot. Um, and Kanchu never explains himself. He never really has a point because maybe Kanchu's in his head. Maybe Kanchu is a god or a demigod or whatever. It's, so, it's still up for interpretation, like every Moon Knight run. 
but the fact that it really emphasizes how Mark Spector is kind of stuck doing stuff he doesn't want to be doing and he doesn't have any other options and because there's no one else around him and his limited resources and whatnot he has to rely on Kanchu. Kanchu basically keeps taking stuff away from him so he has to rely on Kanchu in a very unhealthy manner. Um, Adkins, I think, is my favorite artist that worked on this run. He did the... Uh, he was in the third trade, uh, issues 13, 14, and 17. Um, it's a little cartoony. It's a little bit less shadowy than the other artists, which for me sounds weird because I really like shadows. Um, but it has a little bit more detail, a little bit more delicate pencil work, and I really appreciate that. Um, I just... This, this run was phenomenal. Um... It does lull a little bit in the middle for this longer story, which is about basically Mark Spector's therapist having a relationship with Conchu and trying to, like, push Mark Spector out of being Conchu's avatar, and it's a whole thing. Um, it was a little nonsensical. It was still good. It worked. The themes were there, but it was a bit less exciting. I think my favorite artists of, this, of these are definitely... Um, Shelby is Sh definitely Shelby. the second next. Shelby, I like... Shel his art is what got me into Moon Knight. That's yeah. what got me yeah. into Moon Knight. Uh, Shelby, Smallwood, and... Cam How do you say that name? The second one. Camunculli did es issue 10. Yeah, no idea. Uh, well, the second artist... I didn't really like that issue. issue 10. Wait, 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 wait. Hold on. Issue 10. Because um, I like all this art... Where is issue? And then the bigger part, I think, about this run is it introduced an entire new altar for Mark Spector, being Mr. Knight, who is kind of like the PR relations team of this weird cobbled together I man. I love Mr. Knight. He, on the one hand, he is the, he's allowed, quote unquote, he works with the cops, kind of. He is consulted. Um, the cops know he's Moon Knight. But they say, hey, we don't talk about Moon Knight because that's like kind of a serial murderer, like whack, whack job. This is Mr. Knight. We will not acknowledge this any further. Um, he deals with people. The last issue of uh, the Ellis and Shelby part um, was basically just John Wick slash The Raid, where he has to go through a, a abandoned hotel, just beating the shit out of dozens mm -hmm. of people. Making a um, guy throw up by yeah. punching him in the gut. Ugh. So good. Um, to rescue a little girl. And Mr. Knight is the, the public face, mm -hmm. whether that be because of the people he works with or because he has to deal with like regular people, like this little girl. Um, he leans down, and they, they started talking about his mask, and that was really funny. Um, I, like, I always like those little little bits of, like, kids being self-aware enough that, like, dude, why the fuck are you wearing a mask? And then he's like, it's not a mask. And she's like, no, that's your face, isn't it? And he's like, yeah, you're right. Um, which is not true, because it, it, it is. He thinks it is. He thinks that Mr. Knight or Moon Knight or whatever is his, like, true face when he's most in commune with Conchu. It's not. Um, he is going through so many levels of trauma <laughs> and, like, um, shattering his own image that he's he is quite literally lying to himself right there. But it does make for a very nice sequence. Um, and I, I... I already talked about how much I like the, how that Moon Knight costume looks. Um, I, Mr. Knight is phenomenal. Mr. Um, Knight is, actually, is definitely... I have a hard time liking, like... Choosing between Mr. Knight and Moon Knight because they're so, so both so good. Yeah, for different reasons. My general, the only real proper criticism I have with this, and I do have it for the next thing I'm going to talk about as well, is that the purposes of the individual, because apparently 
The different um, altars are different aspects of Kanchu, which I don't remember all of them off the top of my head, but they are supposedly different parts, basically, of his personality. They don't really function like that, and that's something I find annoying. It It's a, more of a personal qualm. They obviously feel different, but they don't differentiate too strongly between each other. Um, maybe that's a point, I guess. I just don't really like that because... Yeah, like I said, uh, Mr. Knight uh, deals with the public, but he also he beats the shit out of everybody. Yeah, so that's He's more... not afraid to get blood on his suit, and also Moon Knight is one who, yeah, runs around at night with the gadgets and whatnot, but he also live, like beats the ever-living shit out of people. Like, there, there aren't too many distinctions, and I wish it was a little bit, not necessarily more clear-cut which persona he's mm -hmm. in, but the purposes that they each serve. Um, because, I mean, I... This... Um, this is a really weird personal detail, but the way that when I talk to my therapist and the way that we talk about how different things in my brain work mm -hmm. is the type of talk therapy that he uses. I don't remember the name of it. Basically, everyone exists and they kind of all have DID. Not really, but there are different parts of our brains that have different jobs that can take over from each other. And it's not always, quote unquote, the real you making all of your choices. Um, it's a whole fucking thing. But Having some experience in that area, I guess, of, like, study, I've started looking into it because it's how my therapist talks to me, it makes this run kind of really muddy in that aspect, and I don't like that because it doesn't track all the time. So, for everyone listening, I found the aspects. So, the four aspects of uh, Khonshu is Pathfinder, Embracer, Defender and the Watcher of Overnight Travelers. And there is a uh, secret and, like, most violence uh, of the aspects. It's a secret aspect. No the one who feeds on hearts. The one who, uh, who lives on hearts. Lives on heart. And see, that's the thing is, I, I can I can understand how you can classify each of, his aspect, each of his aspects and the altars together, but they overlap so much. Yeah, that does make it more confusing because it's like okay, because the embracer is also Moon is Mister Knight, right? Like but also they're all the defender of of Midnight Travelers. Yeah, so it's like yeah, but that's more of a. I don't think the characters ever because it was set up initially that it was kind of always muddy. It's harder to differentiate that now mm -hmm. later in it the the character's life or whatever. Anyways, Colin, what the fuck else have you been up to? So I read. The Batman. Before the Batman. The oh, prequel gosh. novel. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I'm going to consume everything in this universe. Are you going to consume Oz's shit, though? Yes. Okay. So, I read this book that takes place before the Batman movie. Ooh. 2022, The Batman. The Batman. So, this... This book's a little muddy. It's a little all over the place. I mean, it is a prequel novel to a movie, which yeah. probably doesn't acknowledge most of it. <laughs> mm. uh, eh. uh, it does, actually. Okay. The re that's the reason why it's muddy, is because everything that's talked about is going to be talked about in the movie, except for maybe one thing, which could be a setup. So, basically, it opens up with um, the... Bruce Wayne's perspective of the orphan or the his his house becoming the orphanage, and it doesn't actually talk about how he. A lot of people talk about this book and they're like, "Oh yeah, he hates living in the Wayne Tower," and that's like not it at all. It's just more like, "Ah, I miss my home. This this is whatever." 
That's how he feels about Wayne Tower until he becomes a teenager where he discovers uh, the basement of Wayne Tower and stuff like that. We get to see more of Alfred. Um, There's probably more about... Alfred in this book than the entirety of the movie. Yeah. Alfred's in the entire book. Wow. And we get to see Alfred and te- uh, talk about how he's teaching him Bruce Jitsu, which <laughs> is <laughs> what Alfred calls uh, his training with... Um, Bruce because it's all of Alfred's knowledge of like everything he's learned when he was in military and he like kind of makes it together like actually makes it together and made his own thing and teaches it to Bruce and calls it Bruce Jitsu and I love that Bruce like winces at that a little bit he's like in the dad bag, you're being yeah! cringy <laughs> dad you're being cringe and i loved that so much do you read alfred's dialogue in andy circus's yes! Alfred voice? very yeah, nice of course very nice i i read it in his voice and that's what makes the book better um i must admit i read a lot of books in a lot of people's voices i cannot read yeah. daredevil and 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 kingpin without yeah, okay. hearing their voices oh yeah hell no like kevin conroy's and like yeah and literally and everyone yeah yeah that. everyone's yeah, yeah. Uh, but the Joker isn't actually Mark Hamill for me. Oh, is it not? It's not. It's no one else's voice. It's like I've made it up in my head. Yeah. I can't even explain it. It depends that's on weird. which Joker. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. Anyways. Anyways. Uh, what book, is the plot the, of this book? <laughs> uh, so it's... There is no plot. Okay, the plot is basically <laughs> Bruce Wayne becomes a race car driver. Whoa. Race car driver. <laughs> He's a Bruce, racist. Bruce becomes a street racer because the Gotham track won't take him because he's too young and whatever. And also he's Bruce Wayne. They don't want uh, his blood on their hands and blah, blah, blah. Crap like that. And Bruce meets this girl named Dex, who's also a street racer. She introduces him to all her street racer friends. They do street races, like cool people. Do they do they do the fuck, though? No, he's a virgin. Yes! He's a Dex built, though. Uh, shut up, you maidenless bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Plus, you're tarnished. Um, uh, and then we get to see, flash, not flashbacks, but we get to see uh, a little bit of Edward Nashton get like, bullied and stuff like that, and then he has qualms with those with the street racers because they almost run him over and they don't care, so he blows up on uh, Dex's car. <laughs> and um, Bruce saves her, and he's like, wow, I actually really like saving people. And then we get a, basically a quick cut to um, him modifying the Batmobile more, and he makes his own suit of armor, Ooh. a hood with ears. I think what they mean by hood is like his actual back cowl. I don't know why they keep calling it a hood. Sometimes a cowl can be referred to as a hood. Which is weird. Because, Depends. But anyway. Depends on who you ask. And we get to see some of that. And one, as he's Batman, he's investigating this... Um, these crimes where it's... Someone's using this like explosive gel and whatever. Oh. And so... Then he starts using it to blow up goons? No, he, oh. he finds who's selling it because it's military grade, and so he tries to get information. So Al, he's like, hey, Alfred, you still have people in, you know people in the police department, right? And so then he's like, yeah, I know some people. And he's like, do you want to talk to, like, uh, a higher up name? I can't remember his name. He was in the movie. He's like, no, not that high up, like a detective or something. And then we get Detective... Gordon? Gordon? Lore. Oh. This Dior or whatever, D-U-R-E. And I'm like, why is it Dwar. not Gordon? 
Because that would be too many references. It's so stupid, because, like, she's barely used, and just for that, and then he basically is just finds out that Dex is a part of this. Like, she's selling... She's a part of this, too. Shut up. <laughs> she's selling... She's selling this, uh, these explosive... These, like, explosive gel canisters to people through this other guy who's a part of Falcone's mob, but Falcone doesn't know what's happening. And she's doing it because her dad was set up and is in prison and blah, blah, blah. And wow, so a woman that, with daddy issues? Yeah, what a surprise. And... Basically, that ends that. He figures it out in whatever. That's such a short part. The main part is literally just him as a teenager and before he even gets, like, makes his bat suit and that whole, all of that. That's the biggest part of this book. And then we get to the Batman and shit like that. So we skip even more. And Detective Gordon's not talked about at all in this book. Like, not at all. Because after that, we get to see a little bit of Falcone almost killing a dude, uh, killing that dude that was running all of this. Yeah. And then, what's another important part? Basically, him starting his journals and stuff like that, and then we get, we skip, and we just see dialogue, or like, the intro, basically the intro to the Batman movie. Okay, so it sounds like this is very much so a prequel novel that no one thought about when they were actually making the movie, and then they said, here, you... Probably normal author, just make a book. Yeah. It sounds very cobbled together. It is cobbled together. It will never be acknowledged by anything else. No, I mean, it. An I guess it answers some things. Or just He's the Riddler, baby. It answers questions that didn't really need to be answered. Do we, do we get any odds? Uh, yeah, we get a little odds. He yeah. basically just says one thing, and Falcone's like, shut up. You bitch. You don't say anything unless I let you say something, bitch. Well, well. You fucking penguin. Penguin. That's basically what it is. Like that's, penguin. That's really stupid. And, um, oh, at the end, he's like, you know, we make a good team, Dex. Like, awkwardly. It literally says awkwardly he says that. Wow. Awkwardly he says, we make a good team, Dex. It's like, yeah, I think I'm just going to go live in Metropolis. <laughs> that is Superman reference. Oh yeah, um, this doesn't sound very good. It really doesn't. It's not. I enjoyed the beginning part until we got to him being Batman because I didn't want to see Batman. I wanted to see him like actually before Batman, and like I was fine with all everything else because we actually got to talk about the car, which is what I wanted. And um, so I'm not gonna read it again. How much did you spend on it? Nine bucks. That's not bad. No, it's not bad. That's why I got it. But it was, like, way smaller than I even thought it was going to be. It's like, oh, nice. okay. I just wanted anything the Batman, you know? Yep. So, Jacob, did you right. did you do any of the Batmaning? I did not. Oh. You'll never, ever guess what I did. Your mom. <laughs> no, not even. <laughs> I wish. Wow. In relation to what I actually did. Calm down. I ordered this thing back in September oh, of 2021. And I only got it March. 2022 it's like six months how why partly because it was a kickstarter oh huh. but also apparently there was some worldwide illness that made freaking basic materials like paper you know anything you find in minecraft like rare or like mm. ultra rare so that kind of pushed back the release date too but 
Yeah. Oh. I read The Witcher Ronin. Oh. Shit. <laughs> Dig in. Um, oh. It's oh, a manga. What the fuck? This isn't a manga. It is The Witcher, but what if it was Japanese and manga and stuff? That is hot. Tell us about it, sir. <laughs> booty. Witcher booty. <laughs> and boobies. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Ooh. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Jacob. Yes. Please tell me about this so we can stop hearing Colin squeal. <laughs> it's fine. I'm... Uh, it was a Kickstarter special exclusive as of now. It, they might release it later in stores. I wouldn't be surprised uh, if this gets popular. Um, but it just didn't really do anything for me. Um, the artwork is fine. I really like the colors. It's pretty basic in, in that there there isn't a huge explosion of colors. It's just, it's very minimal. It's washed out. Yes. Uh, Unlike being washed up, which is what Colin is. But. Oof. I thought you were going to say CD Projekt Red. Oh, they are. So a does lot of this... the stories repeat things that we've already seen. So is just... it kind of like a cobbled together story-wise, or is it like a remake of the first game or the first book or like what? Um, there's four issues, I think, of Geralt tracking down Ciri. Uh-huh. And he gets close and finds the next big clue, and it says end volume one. And then slaps you with a couple of rando issues, and then that's it. It's like eight issues of manga. Um, I was pretty upset when I saw that it was ending on a cliffhanger. Like, I thought I was getting a full book. It seems pretty cheap that they're stringing it along like that. Uh, it felt more style over substance. There's not... There's not a lot to write home about. There's nothing new here. He finds a couple of monsters and kills them. He has sexy naked time with a lady until she turns into a Her monster. Her boobs get bigger. When she becomes a monster. Yeah. Yeah, it's very, very intentional. Yeah. I was going to tell you that when you were done oogling. Nice. I noticed, she, don't worry. She, she turns into a hag and everything turns. It's nasty. I mean, her boobs are really nice here, so... Oh, my God. Yes. Um... Even, even like, so any manga I've read, which is not a whole lot, has actions like the, the biff, bam, boom, words but in, in Japanese. But in manga. Yes, written in anime. <laughs> uh, they have that here, but they also have English words doing the same thing next to it. Ugh. So it feels very much westernized manga, That's I guess. weird. And for not being a manga guy, it just feels wrong. It feels like it. something's getting watered down and and bastardized. I like the the look of it. I really like the idea of the Witcher as a Ronin. That makes sense. But this just doesn't. It's yeah. it's a style style over substance. 
I like it when manga has the Japanese sound effects, but it's just Japanese and not English. Because I don't want to know what the sound effects is. I want to make it myself. Be like, How much did you pay for this? Way too much. I'm a bit ashamed of how much I paid for it. 100 bucks? But it also... 70. It came with a paperback version that's in all black and white. It came with postcards... Uh, medium-sized posters and full-size posters of the different, um, there's like five or six pictures in the back. So I got, I got these in poster form. Mm. Three, I mean, the book in and of itself is very nice. It's very well made. I love that they included a, a bookmark, um, lanyard tag thing Tally. in yeah. it. Uh, that was very helpful. I split this up over two or three nights of reading, even though it legit could have been a half hour, 45 minutes. Mm -hmm. <sighs> Again, style over substance. Like, everything about it looks beautiful. But, meh. But that's it. So sad. I really hope Colin will borrow this and read it and tell me his thoughts. Just so that I get more bang for my buck. <laughs> like, somebody please borrow this and read it. Right That's nice. Mm. Not not the best. Kind of suck. At least it's officially licensed. At least it's officially licensed. Um. Yeah, just another story of CD Projekt Red sque squeezing out more money. Oof, that sucks. Oof, duh. So I. You are a baby man. So are you. Yeah. Uh, so I read Moon Knight. Whoa! Again. Whoa! Really? I'm just going to say the exact same conversation over again. Um, I read the complete uh, collection, uh, the, 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 the Moon, Moon Knight by Jeff Lemire complete collection. Um, so it is the 2016 run. Uh, it ran in 2016 to 2017. It is 14 issues. Uh, it is written by Jeff Lemire with primary pencils by Greg Smallwood. Uh, as well as some guest pencils by James Stoke, uh, Francesco Francovia, and Wilfred Torres um, for different sections under the different altars. Um, so this is one, very violent, much uwu, much owo. Um, so big fan there. So this, unlike the previous run, which took a very uh, kind of religious aspect to it, this takes a much more mental health focus aspect of it. Um, which is very obvious. It's nothing subtle, and that's awesome. Uh, he wakes up inside of a mental institution. In men men a menstrual institution. <laughs> Mark wakes up inside a menstrual institution. <laughs> mental institution. A, a, an old school mental hospital, one might say. Arkham Asylum? Kinda. Yes. Mm -hmm. um, and he's like, yo, I don't remember anything, and this is sussy. I don't like that. Um, so we see him, um, escaping and then going back, basically. I remember this, right? This is good. Over 14 issues, there good. isn't a lot of, like, physical progression. It's weird. Um, because this maybe takes all place in his head, but it doesn't feel like that's a cop-out either. Um, he is in an institute being captured, quote-unquote captured, by various different Egyptian gods, um, and their minions. Sometimes he can see what's going on. Sometimes he can't. So, you know, don't take your meds, kids. Uh, lots of that sort of stuff. Um, it's still very interpretive, even though it takes 
not not a more literal approach, but a more uh, it's not more quote unquote more literal because this whole thing basically takes place inside of his brain. But it's more literal in the terms of it kind of nails down a lot more stuff instead of leaving everything loosey goosey. But there's still a lot up for interpretation, like how much is in his head, what things where land where it's weird. I can't really get into too much without spoilers. Um, it's in a direct dialectic with the previous run, and I really, really like that. Whereas the previous run is about how he's stuck in a forced relationship with a god he doesn't really want to be, who he doesn't understand. This run is about the fact that he's basically trapped inside his own brain and he needs to stop running away from his mental problems and he needs to understand like he's always going to be like this so he needs to embrace who he is to be able to function as a, as a normal person he can't get rid of his alters he never will they will never go away but he needs to learn how to use them in healthier manners to to synthesize them a little bit uh which is really really cool stuff so we get like the whole nine yards we get mark specter stephen uh stephen grant we get Lockley, uh, and we also get Mr. Knight, Moon Knight, um, and we get a new persona, or a new alter, uh, Moon Knight One, who is an astronaut. Kinda. It's fucking weird, and I love it. Basically, like I said, he has to escape this place, he, he loses some friends along the way, who are characters from other runs, uh, particularly from his time as a taxi driver. Um, so some of his old friends, who he loses, um... One of them sacrifices himself to to help them escape. Um, we get other Egyptian gods in this. It's a whole fucking thing. There's so much in here that I can't spoil. Um, but basically, he then figures out this is all a plot by Khonshu. I will spoil this thing for Colin. I'm sorry. Fuck, um, don't do it. No, it's fine. You're, you're fine. Um, it he, This is all an elaborate ruse, kind of, by Khonshu to manipulate Mark Spector, like the person to basically not exist so he can take over his body. Um, it really, really fits in well with all of the other stuff that I've read and what I've been able to tell off, you know, wikis and whatnot. Um, so it does some retconning. It goes into a little bit about his childhood as a, a, a rabbi's son. Um, he always had DID since he was a kid. Stephen Grant was the first, like, per, the first alter he had. He was originally his imaginary friend. It's a whole bunch of stuff. Um, it's really cool. He was institutionalized before he went into the Marines. He got discharged from the Marines, became a mercenary, blah, blah, blah. So we get, we retread some old ground with new context. Um, and then he decides he has to go kill Khonshu. And it's really fucking cool. So he escapes the hospital, but he has to go back in, um, using all of his altars and, and becoming a whole person. Um, uh, because Khonshu may or may not have been, like, manipulating him since he was a child. Maybe? Or maybe Khonshu is just a, a uh, manifestation of all of his trauma or whatever. You can interpret it so many different ways, and it's really cool. The art in this run, holy fucking shit. Smallwood, in a sense, carried over some of his art from his previous time on Moon Knight. Um, there's some of it which is very direct, like the costumes and whatever, but the overall, the panel layouts, the page layouts... The action and the types of, like, pencils he's using are entirely different. This is probably the best-looking Moon Knight anything. Um, I know I said previously that out of all the people in the previous run, Smallwood was probably my least favorite. Um, Smallwood is, like, the definitive Moon Knight artist after this run. It's fucking insane. There's just so much here. Um, I, it, ugh. It makes the lines between the altars a little bit clearer, which I did appreciate. It's still... A little bit too money for my liking, but that's just a personal preference thing. Um, this was 30 or 35 dollars. 
this is a must-buy for anyone who likes Moon Knight, uh, fucking mental health stories, grounded super, whatever. Any, everyone should buy this fucking thing. I got it at Jetpack. Colin just got it for $26. Congrats. <laughs> he's, he's better than the rest of us. Um, this is definitely my, the favorite of the three Moon Knight runs I've read. This is phenomenal. Also, it's chonky, but I went through it in a few hours. So, so much enjoyment. Uh, so, I'm Read drawing at the moment a uh, really, really shitty sketch of an idea that I have for our next banner art. Oh, boy. Because it's going to change art style. Oh, shit. Because we're getting older. and We uh, are all so old. Uh, we're getting older, and I think it would be a good idea to change art style and uh, have it a little bit more funny. So, we're going to have your bald head, and it's going to be shining. Nice. Yeah, <laughs> that's what I'm doing. My idea is that you're going to have a shining head. Oh, boy. Yep. That was something I really liked about this headlopper issue or uh, trade was that every time a blade struck somebody or an arrow, there was a little glimmer of like white light wherever yeah. it hit. Yeah. Even though like the blood trail or or the limb broke somewhere else or whatever, like yeah. it, it showed you exactly with the glimmer where the blade was hitting. That was a really nice small feature that I enjoyed. The shining. Yes. Um, Speaking of shining, shiny, happy people, maybe, we have patrons. We do have patrons we need to thank. They give us shiny coins. Ah, If you did to it. Ah, They do toss a coin to their witcher. Yeah. Colin, you're not a witcher, sorry. A big thank you to our patrons, uh, Dave and Jeff Lorenz. Uh, if you want to support the show, you can go check out our Patreon at patreon.com forward slash dimecomicbros. Uh, we have a whole bunch of different tiers with different uh, benefits. You can get our stickers whenever we make new ones. Uh, Colin has mentioned we're going to be making bookmarks at some point in the near future, so you'll be able to get those, get your name shouted out. Uh, whenever you sign up, depending on what epi- like the nearest main topic episode, Colin will do a sketch of whatever it was for you to take home uh, and show your parents and put on the fridge and whatnot. Lots of other stuff. Just... Real cool all around, and on Patreon you get other cool things like getting listen, getting to listen to our episodes early, as soon as they're done being edited, as well as some exclusive clips and segments. If we go on some really weird tangents where I talk about how much I like Adele, or um, <laughs> that was really fun, or we talked about the Batman merchandise a couple of weeks ago, just random stuff like that. We usually clip out and put on the Patreon, so you can listen to that there, as well as our exclusive segment slash podcast, Dime Comic Rose Happy Hour where we have a drink or coffee or some food and we just kind of shoot the shit about random stuff. Just decompress uh, from the life of podcasting. Yeah, it's so stressful. work. We spend all week on this show, yeah. basically. Yeah. And um, we just need to, to let it all out and, and share our real thoughts sometimes. Yeah, or sometimes it's just going to turn into a business meeting like it is this week because we, pl- we need to plan out our next few topics. Um, lots of fun stuff. You can get all of that at patreon.com forward slash dimecomicbros. Also, a big thank you to our partners over at Jetpack Comics and Games. Shoes! Um, do you like Spider-Man to have the textured bottoms? No. Textured the, bottoms? Like the sneaker bottoms on no, his shoes. it doesn't make sense. He's sticky already. He doesn't need grippy on the bottom of his shoes. He doesn't need grippy, but he does need durable. I... But if, if they're flat, it doesn't matter. That Having ends. a single layer of thin... Are we talking about clo- comic books or movies? Good question. If, I, if you were just running around in socks, it doesn't matter if you're... Yeah, cool, your feet are sticky. Those socks are going to wear out real yeah. fast. So comic books? Um, no. Just make it black. Or 
and are black or red because yeah. comic books. It's fun. It's Fine. comic books. Yeah. Movies um, make sense because durability. You have to think about that if it's a real-life movie. Fair. Um, our big thank you to our partners over at Jetpack Comics and Games in downtown Rochester, New Hampshire. Uh, they have comics. They have games. They have cool people. They have D&D trading cards. So you got your Pokemans, your uh, magic. They might even have Bakugan cards for all I know. Pokemon is not there. Yeah, you should you say would Pokemon. Know. You would know. I would not. Jacob would not. I am at the being... store all the time. I have never checked out Twitch. I was about to say you've never checked out Pokemon, and then I would say obviously you have, but that wasn't that. It's not what you said, and now this is not funny. Thank you it for ruining my joke. Game. You are funny. Um, <laughs> funny looking. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'll show you my funny looking penis. Yes. Ew. <laughs> Your voice guy. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> They also have a big old wall filled with old back issues, lots of cool, you know, first appearances and whatnot. Uh, they got new comics, collected editions, omnibuses, props, collectibles. Sir? All the stuff. It's omnibi. Omni-bisexual. Ha! Half gay. Um, <laughs> ow, that really fucking hurt. <laughs> um, I bet I can do it harder. Yeah, you probably can. <laughs> Um, uh, fuck, I had something else I was going to say. Oh, we, Next week. Nope, hold on. Uh, I can now say, which, yeah, fuck. <laughs> Shut up. You definitely cannot. Shut the fuck up. Um, I can now announce uh, that we will be at Free Comic Book Day in Rochester, New Hampshire this year. Uh, I The reason I'm saying it now is because it has to do with Jetpack Comics and Games in downtown Rochester, New Hampshire. You know, you know? Um, so we are going to have a table over there. Um, we'll be at the Governor's Inn. That is in May. Uh, the 7th, I believe, is the first Saturday. So it's a little while out. I'm probably just going to say it at the end of every episode to make sure that you, you come idiots see know. us. Yeah, if you don't, we will be very upset. Uh, you will have to come visit us and check out our stickers and our business cards and our bookmarks. And, and make, us. And talk to us. No, Jacob. I want to talk will. to people. F this worldwide sickness thing. I want to talk you can to talk people. to Jacob all you want, Spencer and I will not be talking. Yeah, no, we're probably going to be too busy like simping over whatever artist is nearby. But you can come check out Jacob too. Jacob would love to be checked out. He needs to be checked out. That is like true. Like a library book, he needs to be checked out. <laughs> Just needs a good old rubber stamp on the forehead. Yeah. He needs a really good rug and tug, you know? I, I oh my need, gosh. I need a good stamping. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Uh, next week, we'll be talking about the news, you know, as it happens. But also, we will be discussing the first episode of Moon Knight, the Disney Plus show, as that is going to start premiering next week. So that is going to be hecking fun. Thank you for listening. Go check out our website at dimecomicbros.com. Send us an email at dimecomicbros at gmail.com. Uh, follow us on Twitter and Instagram for memes, behind the scenes, updates, blah, 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 blah. It's social media. You know what the fuck we use All it for. All the credits. Get longer every week, I swear. No, it's mostly because I just keep forgetting everything. That is um, the end. You are the end. And the beginning? The end is nigh. Apocalypse? TP in my Gosh, I really, I really hope. The bigger, the bigger reason why I really want the MCU not to transplant anything from the, the Fox universe aside from Deadpool is because I want them to be able to do all these villains a lot better. Because I really want Apocalypse to actually be done well. I never remember the freaking DC Apocalypse. DC's Apocalypse. What the fuck are you talking about? No, what is his name? It's not Apocalypse, it's Dark DC's Side. Thank you.
Yes, dark side. Dark side is. Is. My penis. Oh! That was not a good day. What's wrong with that? I didn't say anything wrong about lesbians. I'm also a lesbian. Colin, you're not a lesbian. <laughs> I, I like women, do I not? Sport ball. Sport ball. Sport ball. Drink beer. Hoorah. Bitch politics. <laughs> ah, <my laughs> Dark side. Dark side is. Wow. Wow.